0: Hey. Uh, good morning to you, sir. Are we uh, are we off the air?
1: We're on the air. Do
0: you want to be off the air?
1: Well, should we be? We can be. Well, I... Uh, We're a minute late. Uh, 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 I, I, I just came in at the end of your program, and you sound like you're at sixes and sevens. I'm fine. What does that mean? I've got to oh, up to oh, 11
0: all the time. It's an old-timey phrase. Are, are you okay? I'm good. I'm, What's the matter? I haven't had two cups of coffee in a day. Oh, that's it? That's it. Oh, God. I know. I thought something
1: happened. You sound miserable. uh, I don't. Okay. Okay. uh, Let's just. Okay. (laughs) Hang on a
0: minute. Let's
1: let's pop the. I am miserable. Okay. Okay. Pop pop the cap on this one. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Well, well, you know, uh, we do this program at at pretty much the same time uh, every week, and so I I go and I listen to your what's called a live stream. Yeah. Of the program you do right before this, and and you (laughs) sounded like somebody just hit you with a sock full of pennies. You you were, it sounded like you were really at the end of the end of your rope and you're angry, you're grit angry. <laughs> yeah, that's angry.
0: It is. I'm drinking, I'm drinking uh, less. I'm trying to drink less. I mean, okay. <sighs> I mean, do you is Can this I just show? Say for a
1: show? I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, Dan. I just want to say I'm really relieved. I thought, I thought you were all effed up. I, I am effed up. I am
0: effed up. You are effed up. <laughs> Something ha- something did happen. My God, i was afraid I done not something.
1: have it. I didn't have all the caffeine I usually have. It's a big I'm, deal. I'm, I'm not here to minimize that, Dan. That's that's a, it's huge. But <laughs> it sound it's it it really it's it sounded like somebody had poisoned the dog that you don't have. It sounded terrible.
0: Well, the red I, light is on across the street again. That's on my list. I got a okay, list. Okay, I got a sta- I got a stack. <laughs> Hypercard. Hypercard. In, in, inventor of the internet, Mr. Hypercard.
1: Cho- 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 choose your own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know so I'm, I'm at sixes and sevens I, I i what does that mean google it it's it's uh it's an old time oh, phrase yeah. yeah hey let me try it like this i'm at sixes and sevens is that better Sixes. it's uh just, i think that's something people used to
0: say sixes and sevens at sixes a british english idiom used to describe a state of confusion and disarray yes
1: yes yes yes, yes. i am i am at this Oh my God! Uh, what what are we gonna do? Do you do you do you uh, want to take? Uh, I can give some, some background. On do this. you want some more coffee as a, as a prophylactic? Uh, no, what I do don't
0: you... want coffee. That's the whole problem. Wait, what is
1: the problem? What's happening?
0: All right, dandy blend, dandy blend. I you remember a, a while back I mm-hmm. when sick I was sick yes and I uh, I I by result, by an effect of being sick I can't even speak mm. an effect of being sick. Was that I wound up not drinking any coffee because it tasted terrible and I didn't feel like it. And I think the caffeine withdrawal got wrapped up in the whole thing of being sick. That I was feeling so sick that the fact that you just add caffeine withdrawal to it. Yes. this, this, didn't this is It mask. was already bad. It didn't matter. It was masked. Yes. It's like in Minecraft, if you're in the lava, you bring a bucket of water with you. Well, I mm. had no water. Oh, no, I got a Minecraft story for you. Like, I would l- please add that to your... Half stack.
1: Oh my God. My poor daughter was inconsolable yesterday. Oh no. She accidentally watered her potatoes too much. <laughs> it's, that's nothing to be that upset about. She's inconsolable. That's not a big deal. You were sick and we've talked about this. I think one of the canonical, I think there are canonical symptoms for me. I'm speaking for myself. I'm not a scientist, but there are some things I know about myself. I know that when, first of all, is the second I think I'm getting a cold, I'm almost certainly getting a cold. As soon as it occurs, oh, right, you get a cold, and I don't know if that causes it. I don't know cause and effect type situation, <laughs> right, right? But but then uh, certainly it's like you're
0: conjuring your own cold.
1: Yeah, like an orb or a spider. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and and so uh, then the other one, of course, your throat feels a little like <laughs> yeah. But to me, like when I wake up and I'm like, oh, I really need this coffee, hmm. and I drink and I go, Ugh, that's mm-hmm. when I know that that it is going down. That means uh, as soon as I don't like coffee, something is wrong in the universe. See, I was raised in a Jewish family, so if I think I'm sick, that's just a normal day. One <laughs> of those days with a Y in it. <laughs> yeah. Puzzle top.
0: But I had gotten off caffeine. And so when I was recovering, I was drinking tea, and I was just drinking, you know, like like two cups of tea in the morning, or mugs, or whatever you, whatever you call it. And we talked about it, and I was saying how that I feel like I... Had more of a sense of time passing, and I was getting more done in the day, and I didn't feel like I was on overdrive. I didn't feel like me, but I didn't feel like I was on overdrive either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it, it, was, it lasted
1: for at least two days, right? No longer than like a few oh, okay. weeks, a couple weeks. Mm. Wow! And, but you kept doing your work after you got after you got better. So then, of course, the the other shoe dropping is after you I can't were, even focus on what we're talking about. My goddamn, this is brutal. Do you want me to carry the show today? No. I can do it. No, I'm just
0: going to ask for some, for, for Grace to go get me some coffee.
1: Grace, Grace. So then uh, after the symptoms abated and you were on the mend, you dipped a toe back in They're going to bring
0: me in some coffee and see if it helps during the show. They are?
1: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was just in
0: like a different, in a different zone. And then something happened, a weekend happened where I, I had, uh, I had, you know, gotten in late in an evening, up really late then after that to rile my, you know, cause you're riled up when you get in and then you get a wind down and you wind mm-hmm. down and I slept late the next morning and I didn't, still wasn't enough sleep and I drank coffee and I'm like, Hmm, this is good. And it, but that was it. I was back. I was back like an addict. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to kind of cur. I think one mug of coffee in the morning is good but it's not enough. Um, it's not enough, and tea doesn't even make
1: a freaking dent in it. Do you drink it? Um, Black. Black. Yeah. Okay. What, what kind of? If I could ask, I don't want to get personal. Oh well. I, what? Uh, what? What varietal do you enjoy? Of coffee? When
0: When Marco was in junior high, I was roasting my own beans, and I was very finicky. Is that a euphemism. Yeah. And I was very finicky about it and I was making uh, – like getting my own beans and like grinding them in a burr grinder and making them in a, just right and there was no AeroPress back then. And I did that for a long time and then when I had kids, caffeine kind of transitioned into a, a medicine of sorts that <laughs> I don't – didn't really care what the coffee was like. I didn't care if it was perfectly roasted or if it was terrible. I just wanted it in – and uh, and so now I'm I am the uh, the guy who buys the pre ground Starbucks at the grocery store,
1: and it's <laughs> exactly what we get. Yeah, it's fine. We get. I don't Starbucks even care what dark, kind it is. Dark French roast breakfast blend. Who cares? It's good. But I, I, that's such an interesting point. It does become a little like medicine. We've talked about this so much, but it's so funny. On my list of things.
0: <laughs> they just brought me a coffee and they put it in the "Come and Take It" Texas mug too, so I should be come, good in about ten minutes. Come and take it. Yeah, it's
1: Goop. funny because I had I have been struggling uh, anew with energy. Oh and my so, god, this is so good! <laughs> it's like is it good? oh, I'm so glad. Sorry, continue, please. I'll be better. Uh, I'll be back in five minutes. Let's see. I got uh, Minecraft, Bravery, the red light, the fact that I can't pronounce things anymore.
0: Is it bad? Uh, is two
1: mugs of coffee bad? I got a I got a thought technology on this. Okay. Um, I think I think that. Well, I don't know. See, here is my feeling. My feeling is that, that here is here's what, here's what I think you should. Can I, can I speak for a minute? Here is that yeah, okay? Yeah, go ahead, caller. just enjoy your coffee. Okay, I will. I am um, Enjoy my coffee. I'm staying. I uh, I think what I shouldn't do. Is the and this feels like a smart thing to do, but I'm starting to think it's not a smart thing to do. Which is the first thing after I get up in the morning and evacuate my bladder is to go into the kitchen and make like practice at home. We if I'm doing a like a fiki espresso, I use the Aeropress. So I'm just having a regular drip stock coffee. I use one of those little Melita red, you know, plastic things. Yeah, I just do a single drip. Um, Have you ever and, done like the Keurig the K cups? no that's bad for the environment isn't it it's terrible it's really terrible we do it it's though. almost I hate willfully to admit bad it. isn't it willfully bad for the environment it's it's actually
0: intentionally causing harm using it as it's the same thing as like emptying a can of used motor oil just on on you know a public green space
1: <laughs> i already feel a child i i feel like i already feel like <laughs> i need to be buying amazon paper pal paper towel delivery offset credits yeah it's, it's cardboard <laughs> just, wrapped in paper, <laughs> wrapped in plastic, wrapped in cardboard, <laughs> delivered on the truck. Oh, God. Uh, so, the thing I feel like I shouldn't do that I do is because the thing, here's the thing when you wake up and you're really, really tired, you know, and let's, we're not even going to get into how you got tired because you probably got tired because there was an energy problem the previous day that could involve coffee, could involve, it could be all kinds of things. It could be stress, could be staying up too late. Well, whatever. Let's just take it as read. You wake up in the morning and you're super tired. The logical thing, that makes sense when you're 20 is to make a giant cup of very strong coffee, drink it really fast, and then maybe have another one. That's kind of been my end. That's it. Years. The first one is the
0: is what enables you to begin your state of consciousness in the it's world. It's
1: like Minecraft. You're saying first you gotta first you gotta punch a tree. That's yes. the first cup of coffee. Yeah, you, it, it, it doesn't
0: tree. even count. That's just a hundred percent medicinal, mm-hmm. so that you can function. The second one's where you start enjoying it.
1: This isn't very interesting. Um, I'm sorry, but but um, I think it but, is. Well, here's the thing. I feel like what I what I do, and I probably shouldn't do, is wake up really tired, and then feel like I will do anything in the universe to suddenly have the right amount of energy. And it's very difficult to do that successfully without overdoing it and not realizing it. I think it's easy to OD on stimulants. Oh yeah. And, oh God. Yeah. And I'm always trying different cocktails of different stimulants to try and get the right balance. I've been doing this since college in some form or, f- or fashion. So I think well, what I've been doing is exactly that, which is like, get up. You know what I'm talking about? The little red plastic thing with the handle. It's like a little dripper. And you put it right over your cup. You oh, yeah. Pop- sure, sure. Yeah. Get it at a grocery store. I think it's Melita makes it. And then, uh, so, and then I fill that at least half, maybe three quarters, sometimes almost at the top with that dark, darkest roast coffee, pour it over you know, spoon it around. And then I I, I just, I basically, I, I get three quarters of a mug, like a giant mug, like a pint of coffee, and then put a little half and half in and down that. And then, like, you're not even, it takes, I think it takes about 20 minutes, I think, for caffeine to actually have an effect on you. So then I go and have another. And by that time now, it's already kind of too late. I've already kind of had too much coffee. So one idea is to make a little bit less of a ta- coffee that you find very tasty and make one small cup of it and enjoy that advisably over 10 or 15 minutes and then maybe have another. My problem is I'm like somebody who hasn't eaten all day and then I go to the buffet and my eyes are bigger than my stomach, my hypothalamus is turned off, and pretty soon uh, you're stuffed. And I think you can get stuffed with caffeine. Like one too call. like too much? Well, yeah, because then I start having lots of like anxiety that uh, where, I mean, like free form anxiety where my, my mm. heart is beating... I feel like I'm not concentrating. Every bad thought in the world is going through my head, real or imagined. They're all kind of chaining up with each other. And I hate that. I I don't need to, we talked last week, I think with moderate success about this, I don't think think you have to feel that way. But I think if you fill yourself with stimulants for half or all of the day, it shouldn't be surprising that your mind is reacting by going like, how do we process all of this artificial energy? Right, right. It's Uh got to go somewhere.
0: You know, I think it's actually gotten worse as I've gotten older. Like, I remember when I was younger, if I had too much caffeine, I'd just sort of feel jumpy, like
1: physically jumpy. And but, but, I noticed but, but it's energetic. You still had control. You yes. were just excited. Right. Yes. Yes. No, no, it's like a little kid in sugar. Oh God, I got to talk about the Harry Potter party. Go
0: ahead. Okay. Add it to your list. It's on my list. But I think I, I no, I'm totally with you in that it, and it has to, it, like, it has to go somewhere. It, it, it And as I've gotten older... I've noticed that it went from being mostly a kind of physical jittery sort of feeling to more of a mental kind of like you're describing almost an anxiety thing. But I feel like there's a fine line between just the right amount of caffeine and not enough. But the part that I was trying to avoid and the whole kind of see how I'm coming around. Mm -hmm. The the whole reason that I was going into the I would like to reduce the amount of caffeine that I'm having thing was that I didn't like how challenging it was. To get out of bed in the morning. And regardless of how much sleep I get, even if I get a good amount of sleep, the fact is I would wake up and I'm like, oh, I just want some coffee now. So again, I don't want to talk to any, you know, like, I don't like that feeling. And most of my life, I have not had that kind of feeling. Most of my life, it's like, oh, eyes open. Okay, let's go. And I get it right up. And I'm not the kind of rolling around in bed kind of person. And I notice it without the caffeine uh, mm-hmm. or with, with the caffeine addiction, if you will. That there is more of that, oh, I just don't, I don't, And I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like that image for myself. Perhaps mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah, and I used to feel like. I mean, I think sugar is one of those things where, for a long time, you know, there's these things that we do, but in the back of our mind, we're thinking, you know, this is. There's enough information in in my mind where I should know this is not a great idea. Like I think and I, I gotta say about what happened at this Harry Potter party. It was so crazy. But like with kids, if you give a kid a little bit of sugar, it's like TV, a little bit is really fun. A little bit more, oh boy, that's exciting. But then pretty soon you've had way too much sugar and everything's off the rails, especially if there's six kids drinking Kool-Aid, don't get me started. But 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 in this instance with the coffee, I think I used to feel like that was a cleaner burn, that, that was the vodka of. Stimulants where it was very controllable and like a knowable amount, and you could control that. But like you say, with the addiction part, uh you're that you I think you're not so much even noticing. Well, perhaps you're noticing the chemical um kick of the caffeine, but you're also heavily psychologically associating that cup of coffee as a wake-up thing. So, ergo. In the same way that if one tootsie roll is good, 165 must be awesome. Like in this case, you know, one cup of coffee is good; three must be really, really good. And I can certainly handle that, right? And 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 then, like in my case, I have really I've had to curb. I say this every month. I'm sorry, but I've had to curb the post noon caffeine and be very circumspect about that. This is where tea can have a role. I, I really think because tea, you know, certain kinds of tea, you can regulate it much better. Oh, and you can totally just be sipping and, on it all day long. The way that you absorb tea uh the
0: caffeine from tea is completely different than way it's like with coffee it's like it might as well be injected into i've read articles on this where it's like an epi (laughs) pen no it is it really is and you boom you get that caffeine jolt it's like full-on in whereas tea it's like a more subtle release over a you know a subtle release let's go with that and 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 i'm definitely with you i can have tea up until about three o'clock but man No coffee after like right about now. Now is my limit.
1: Really? Yeah. I remember here in my first year of college when I was experimenting with drugs, people, uh, older students frequently saying there's exactly two doses of drugs, not enough and way too much. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I think that's true for a lot of things. Title right there. <laughs> the thing is, you really only get, it's like, again, Bullwinkle going over the top of the mountain. You really only have an instant of exactly the right amount, and it's going to be gone before you realize it. And then you're into like, oh, my God, my brain doesn't work anymore. All right. I don't know. I um, uh, I got a sponsor. How many sponsors you got?
0: I've got, well, I want to talk about yours, too, if if there's room for me. I've got three.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do. Okay, so do you want to tell me something you like? I'm sorry, I just want to make sure we fit it in. Well, I mean, let's are you, do no, you, no, let's start, start with short. yours you today. You're no, short.
0: no, we're long because i I want to talk about yours. I really want to talk about yours. Let it be first.
1: Okay, this is I I, I meant to talk about. I had hoped to talk, to talk about my extreme apparent extreme disability with being able to pronounce words correctly that I'm only now becoming aware of. So I'm going to try and say this. I want to talk about an application and service called Slack. Slack is the messaging app for teams. Not teens. Slack is the messaging app <laughs> for teams. Okay. Okay. Now, what did it sound like I said? Did it sound like teams? Teams. This is what I, usually, I usually say Slack is the messaging app for teams. And, and, and there's something about the way I'm saying it where everybody hears me saying teens and I feel <laughs> like a crazy person. And then somebody just made a joke on Twitter 10 minutes ago about this. Yeah. Like it's, it's like every time was listening, it's messaging up for teens. And I was like, uh, okay, how about this? <laughs> uh, the actor who played Barney Fife on Andy Griffith, how do you say his first name? Oh, Don. How do you pronounce the sun coming up in the morning? Don. So, okay, so say, say those two again. Don and Don. That sounds exactly the same to me. Are you serious? <laughs> I pronounce all of those Don. 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 Don Draper. Don Draper. Not Don Draper. But then like people from like uh, the New Jersey district, they'll pronounce dawn, Dawn. Yeah, it's got like three syllables. Mir. Down air. Like Merlufia. My wife says Mir when she said what I, I I pronounce it John Muir. Water. She says Mir. She says Mir Woods. Water. Water. Dawn. Warsh. <sighs> I'm so sorry, Slack. You guys are so awesome. And I really apologize. Slack, Slack. I, can,
0: I would like to add to your Slack conversation because I have. Is this the show? Drunk the
1: Slack Kool-Aid in a big, big way. <laughs> so did the kids at that Harry Potter party. Oh my God. Where do you hear what happened? Uh, Slack is a messaging app for teams uh, and it consolidates all of your work communications into one place, makes them instantly searchable and available on any device. That's what they told us to say. Uh, this thing is so. It's so simple and so cool and so one of those things. It's like the Nirvana of of workplace apps where you go, "I can't believe we didn't have this all along." It's like you wake up one day in 1989 and you go, "How do we never have Pixies before this? This is crazy. We should have ha- always had this. This is amazing." It combines some of the best elements. I'm just going off the, I'm going off the uh, page here. I'm not I'm not going to make a Native American reference. No, don't. Do that. You um it has some of the best some of the best parts of email and IRC. And messaging and I, I message type functionality, instant messaging functionality. Well while removing a lot of the stuff that makes that really annoying. Um one of the great things it does, everything you're typing, all the great things um that you're doing inside of Slack, everything that you're typing with your team, you get in this little Slack group with your friends and your coworkers. And everything I know most of you are already using this. This is the crazy part. But like once you're using this, everything that you're typing in there is is going into the dingus. And so it becomes searchable. Anything you've ever said, any files, any of the stuff you've ever done, it's all in there. It's in this one place, which is it's so glorious. And it integrates with tons of services. So if you use things like Google Drive, Google Hangouts, Dropbox, GitHub, Stripe, I saw one you can do. Oh, they got Giphy, I think integration. I haven't. I'm sure you have. I haven't oh, used it oh,
0: No, I use the heck
1: out of that. Or <laughs> you can just call up uh, an animated uh, GIF. Yeah, yeah You type right you
0: do slash. Oh, so if you're familiar, if you're familiar with the old days of IRC, you could do like slash command. So like that's how you would quit and join channels. That's how you would connect to servers. You could also do slash me and then type something that would say like, Dan said this. Well, there are these, this whole concept has been brought over to Slack also. So you can type slash Jiffy and then put like, hello or welcome or yes, no, or aardvark, whatever you want to type. And it will, and it seems somewhat random because you can type the same one a few times and you'll get different results. You right. do slash jiffy. Just however, and then,
1: it's, however it's tagged on, on Giphy. Right, right. It'll
0: find one and put it in there and it's hilarious. A great, great comedic effect in, in the
1: chats. I saw one today. Um, gosh, forgive me. Um, one of the sites that I read, they have a sponsor where anytime a review is posted, Um, on your app, on the iTunes store, it automatically gets added into your channel so everybody can see when an app. There's all kinds of ways to just choose what it is from the world. First of all, you get to communicate with the world. The world gets to communicate with you in a way where expectations can be sort of normalized. But then also, whenever stuff happens, I just, I mean, I, I don't, I speak Git phonetically. Like, I have to just type things in the terminal to make Git work. But I can understand the value of being able to see when stuff got checked in and changed. I mean, that just seems giant for a development team. Oh, totally. So uh, so let me give you some of the, more of the talk. I'm going to talk to the slides a little bit here. Uh, it's all searchable. It's all indexable. 500,000 companies, 60,000 teams are using this. And now, we'll, but we should tell you, you should go to slack.com slash back to work to go uh, sign up for this. You get $100 in credit in the event you ever want to uh, use some of their services. But the, but the banana balls part is you get to use this for as long as you want with as many people as you want without a cost. How crazy is that? So just go and sign up at uh, slack.com slash back to work. But I would like to hear, uh, this is running long now, but I would love to hear a little bit uh, about how you're using it. You sent me an invitation. I you did. Got, you got a back to work group going now.
0: Re- well, yeah. They're, they're, uh, or a five by five. Group. Well, yeah. And within that, uh, so the way they organize this is with teams. So you say, this is a team that I'm on. So that way you can be invited to multiple slacks, but they're they're all within the same thing. And they have a Mac OS X app. They've got apps for other platforms as well. And I also have the iOS one and the Android one. And it's really great because you can take this on the go with you. But the nice thing about it is anytime you want to have a conversation with an individual person, you can direct message them, but you can also set up like small groups of people. So for example, let's say you and I wanted to chat. We could just use a direct message, but let's say that we wanted to invite somebody else into this little private group conversation. We could do you only that. You would
1: have a Skunk Works project with two or three people. That's only those two or three people are going to
0: see it. And you can, but you can keep that private or you could say, well, you know what? Well, let's open this up. Anyone who's in the team could join it. Then you create a channel for it and people can all jump in the channel. So I said, you know what? It's about darn time that I do something cool like this for 5 by 5 We tried uh, some, yeah, I was like, what the heck? Because Why not? We tried email. We tried Basecamp. We tried mailing. List, we tried all this other stuff, but nothing had the kind of immediacy that you know you get with with whether it's gtalk or aim or whatever iMessage is you have that immediacy which is nice with it with a chat but then you also have email which is like well i don't want to say anything important in a message because it'll just be lost this combines and gives you the best of both
1: of those spaces so and it's not it's not siloed is the other not at all i mean short of being able to be on os 10 with spotlight uh, it's very, it can be very difficult. You want to kind of Google yourself to find stuff you sent. I frequently have to go back and find things like a, like a phone number in iMessages and you got to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And so in this instance, in especially in a work context where you don't want to have to bug people, now there's all the incentive in the world to just go and search for it to see if it's somewhere in there.
0: It's great in that regard, and you can include people, you can invite them, and like when you invite someone to one of these sort of private little groups, it'll say, do you want them to be able to see all the previous messages before this or not? Oh, that's it, so cool. Really, really cool things. you can. In- so what we've done, we have a code channel that anyone can join, and I've tied different Git repositories, GitHub repositories to it. So like if I commit a change, or if, one, if the developer that I work with commits a change, it'll show up in there. I have on the main channel all the Twitter notifications for when shows start and when shows post they'll they'll post in that general channel so you can be like oh good you know that this episode of an almanac just posted or uh, oh great we're live for back to work you know all these things show up and it's just really really cool so many integrations and things like that are just built into it it's i i totally was like i wasn't anti-slack but i was like "Eh, i don't think i don't get it i don't see the bit and then i like tried it for a day and at the end of the day i was like wow where has this thing been
1: yeah, please, please go and check it out. Um. It was very kind of them to sponsor the show. And I would love for you guys to go and sign up for this and just give it a try. Uh, it's very likely you'll be able to find some other friends who are using it. And again, like I say, many of you are probably using this already for work, but please go and give it a try by going to slack.com slash back to work. Sign up. Like I say, it is free as many people as long as you want. Plus you get that hundred dollars in credit. Um, and they already, a bunch of their integrations are free. I would guesstimate dozens of integrations for stuff that you can already go in and do. Like with anything like that, I would be circumspect about, you know, what you really need to see there personally to start out. Make sure you understand. How it's working and how you like, it. but please just go uh, go give it a try. Slack.com slash back to work. Boom and uh, boom. Thank you very much to Slack for supporting five by five and back to work.
0: Good stuff. I really did. I really did drink the Kool Aid on that.
1: That's cool. That's super cool. Uh, I guess we could talk more about energy. Dandy blend. Dandy blend. This is a coffee substitute with
0: dandelion in it that a <laughs> friend of mine was using because it, it's sort of like a trick. And I wanted to talk to you about the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. It's Andy plant. No, nobody supposedly people will say, "Oh, It tastes just like coffee. It it tastes like coffee in conceptually and that it's a darker beverage that has a, a flavor that you could group in. It's more like coffee than it is like seven up. <laughs> it's a start, but, but right it's it's a hot, warm, enjoyable. I say it's enjoyable. It's a nice, warming beverage. That's like coffee, coffee and,
1: style, coffee style beverage product. It's
0: more like coffee than it's like tea.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And uh, a friend of mine said, "Well, if you're trying to, you know, get rid of coffee, drink this. It doesn't have caffeine or anything." And it, it but there was, it lasted for a good fifteen or twenty minutes. A psychological feeling that I was having coffee, and then wow. as, as soon as there was no caffeine going in. I realized that I wasn't having coffee and I started to get angry. Is that what you tried? So you did this today? Yes. Oh, God. I've had coffee now. I feel good now. Now I'm back. Like, I feel really good right now. You sound you sound really different now. I feel really good. That's good. I feel great. Like, I feel like I want to throw this this uh, coffee mug, this is now empty coffee mug, like really far just to see how far I could throw it. And that's how you, I want to feel in the mornings. Like the sheriff in Malibu? <laughs> Right at right at, at the dude's head. <laughs> I will not abide.
1: Jackie Treehorn draws a lot of water in this town.
0: But I feel um, I feel good. I feel stronger, physically stronger. And now you're you're angry in a more productive way. Yeah, I can channel it again. Yes, I was just floating. Mm. Oh, and that's miserable. the thing. Like, is there a downside? The
1: only downside is if I don't have the caffeine, then there's a big downside. Yeah, I don't know. I got to get it figured out. I got I got to quit monkeying with my chemistry. I got to get it. I got to just. Ugh. You're off all the all the other stuff though, right? You're well, clean. I still, ex- I still experiment with different things. I try different. I, I I'll experiment with different uh, herbal-ish things. And the the problem with a lot of, I don't want to say just herbal, but even smart drugs, is that there's something in my makeup that I sometimes feel like I get a lot of the side effects without a lot of the primary effects. So. I mean as somebody who used to used to take Adderall every day, I mean boy you really know what you're getting with Adderall. I mean, you know, you 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 learn that if you have a certain amount to eat and a certain amount to drink and you take this amount of Adderall, you can expect this effect for this long. I mean it, it it's speed and it really works and you it is easy to anticipate more or less how it will work. It's not perfect, you know, it's still tricky to get right to have the um the what neurological or cognitive effects without going too far over on the physical effects. But like with some of this stuff it's just like, bleh. it's just it's it tastes weird, it makes your pee smell and then you just feel like a spaz all day." And that's not really what I'm <laughs> that's looking not
0: for. Your that's not your professional
1: or personal goals being It's off-label off for spaz. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but that's such a good term, spaz.
1: I don't you don't hear that used anymore. think it's a little, little bit ping-pong. But <laughs>
0: I remember there was a kid in school. No, 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 no. Please it, don't. No, it wasn't me. And, uh, and and the kid was called Spaz. Like, that was became his name. we are going to email us, Dan. I'm just, no, it's not okay, but I'm saying like, this was a thing in, if you went to school, if you went to school, in high school, in the late 80s, yeah. there was a kid named Spaz, and that wasn't his real name. And he didn't want to be called Spaz, but he went along with it. Oh, God. And it wasn't
1: um, me. My wife, uh, my wife, is very involved with, uh, with the PTA, like to a fault. And I don't know if you have this at your school, but you have the auction every year. And it's it's kind of like the company store a little bit, like where you work in a <laughs> mine all day, and then you come back and pay $11 for a gallon of milk at the company store. Right, so and we'll, like, hold, hey, we'll
0: hold the money for you. You owe us
1: $8. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but <laughs> but it's it's kind of like, you know, you already, you, you know, you, you have to do this, all right. This is, we're a public school. This is how it works. Um, you've got you do stuff like you volunteer. Uh, <laughs> I, I volunteered on a field trip on Friday. That was very eventful. Uh-huh. Um, what does that, that was, involve? That was, um, four different muni bus rides Ugh. with 44 kids. Oh my gosh. 44 first graders on four buses, five hours. Oh my God. I slept well that night, my friend. Wow. Yeah, no, that was rough. But so anyway, so so but you know, this is pretty typical of what you do. It's one of the things you do with auctions is you gotta go out and like try and like the big big sellers are like gift certificates for restaurants. So you can go out and get like a bid on like a $50 gift certificate and you might actually pay 20 bucks for that or whatever. However, that's the big stuff. But you also do things like services, like a lot of like babysitting or doula services or something. And so uh, my wife offered, to, why am I telling you this? My wife offered to do a Harry Potter party, very similar to my daughter's birthday party. So it's going to be six kids, all the parents kicking some dough, three hour long party, right? It's going to be a three hour long party, six kids, their parents get a little bit of time to themselves, get three, basically three hours of babysitting for 25 bucks. And then, of course, we pay all the money to buy the stuff to have the party. That's all fine. My wife, went into so, she did so much work to like have this great thing. We're going to make potions. She made, she made wands. Uh, she she, she did, had all this food, all these different activities. We're going to learn spells. Party starts at 2 o'clock. Six kids there. I look at my, at my phone. My wife and I are looking at each other. I look at my phone. It's 2.22, and we've gone through every activity. Oh, No. We haven't done the potions yet, but we went through what we thought would be three hours of activities in 20 minutes. So now we have two hours and 40 minutes to fill with six children in the park. What, so a, what do you do? You panic. What, hap- yeah, what happened? Go, go to the playground. I, I thought maybe we could make a play, play, play Quidditch with some of these jelly beans or something. I don't know. But uh, eventually we did the potions. And, you know, my wife did that great thing where you like you get, uh, you get Kool-Aid. Kool Aid style product, and then you get some like fizzy water, and it makes cool potions. So kids got to mix their potions, and I guess it had not occurred to us that the kids would realize it's Kool Aid because they started slugging fizzy Kool Aid. Every uh-huh. kid had a Kool Aid mustache, and 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 at this point, you know how a kid is with sugar. They get like the pig with Tamako <laughs> in uh, in, Sim- in the Simpsons, yeah. the mango, <laughs> <laughs> like where the cow jumps through the wall. The nice man's offering you a treat, <laughs> um, and so it was totally a tobacco situation. All the kids look like the Joker, and at first they're just guzzling it like ah, these potions are great. Okay, guys, okay, we we weren't really intending for you guys to be drinking all the potions, and you can't stop. And there's six of them; we're outnumbered, like 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 two to one. And so, uh, and then pretty soon they're walking around with the dropper bottles just sucking off the top like they're vaping. They're walking around <laughs> and just for hours drinking Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I don't know, it's been a while. And like, the thing is, here's the funny part. It's I, I just would give, sugar. I would not give Kool-Aid to my kid. I, my kid's never had Coke. Yeah, I mean, mine, point, mine neither. At this point, I was slamming three uh, 16 ounces of Coke a day at her age. <laughs> but my kid's never, <laughs> she doesn't have that junk. It's a different age. But <laughs> So here we are, here's our party. It's 2.30, Actually, it's a little later than that. But, and the kids are <laughs> just guzzling Kool-Aid in the park and just tearing ass, just running around, screaming, go. Go. Like it's completely bananas. But we pulled it out. We totally pulled it out. We, the potions were a big hit. And then, oh, Dan, you're going to love this. Then I had to like do the cleanup. The entire, the entire folding table is covered with Kool-Aid. Everything is sticky. Literally, everything is sticky. The spoons are sticky. All the mason jars are <sighs> sticky. All the dropper bottles are sticky. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't like being sticky. It's kind of a thing. I was kind of a compulsion with me. I don't like being sticky. Is that like your OCD thing? It mm-hmm. It is. One time, a friend of mine poured a coke on my head in high school, and I almost punched him. Almost because because the stickiness that was. Oh, he knew. He knew I hated being sticky. Todd Jordan, shame on you. <sighs> so that was the party. This is not what people tune in for, but uh, but we, we you know we pulled it out and uh, it was really great and they they ran around and the thing is with kids like you can really over-engineer these things. Kids mostly just want to run around. They- and we just had to, like, watch them. So now we're watching um, six kids in, like, a four-square-block park to make sure nobody, like, runs away or, you know, jumps off of anything. But it was, it was fun. It was really nice when it was over. Oh, and also we had jelly beans. So there was that. And uh, gummy worms. And popcorn, like at the Quidditch games. I mean, it sounds, it sounds good. You never.
0: That's we, the weird thing is you never know how long those kinds of things are going to take. You can't really plan for that.
1: Really, anything you do with a child should be less than an hour with an option to renew. Three hours. I don't know what we were thinking to have a three-hour party on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, my God. Because the MacGuffin, the little dirty little secret, and this is this is not a bad thing, but it really is a lot of the things that people are bidding on are basically the equivalent of getting a break. Their kids get to go do something fun with their did friends. They get a
0: break from their kids. Because well, where the, did the yeah. parents stick around or no?
1: Oh, God, no. See, that's the they thing. They barely that- stopped the car. In some cases, <laughs> they just shoved them out.
0: Back, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that has really changed a, a lot going from like age 5 oh, yeah. to age 7 because at age 5 and I remember this the last time that uh, I had I uh, a party for my kid when he turned 7 we he was yeah you know, he's really into like Legos oh, <clears throat> Lego toys and blocks mm. and he wanted to have like a Lego themed party and there's this one place which is it's like half store half place for kids to have their parties in and you rent it out and in there they have like they have, like, every Lego you could imagine, all the different sets, which they also sell, and you can basically go in there, and they will kind of run a party for your kid. Oh, and right. so And it was really affordable compared to, like, get, going to one of those bounce houses or whatever. It's right in line with all that oh, stuff. things are filthy. Oh yeah, I mean this whole place was, but that, I didn't care. And so he wanted to have his party there, so we went there. And they have like these different events. They have competitions. They have like giant Lego blocks. They try and build towers in a race, and all. It but was they're fun. scaled
1: up. They're, they're at a scale where they can, they can they can run this.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally run this. That's cool. And and I guess because it was like a formalized thing, like my wife is like, well, we got to have a lot of food. For, I'm saying, I don't think we're gonna need that much food. We just need the cake. She's like, well, we got to have food, and then all the adults. I said, I don't think there's gonna be any adults there. She's like, no, there will be. We got she got so much food that like a small army of grown adults would, you know, we could feed all of these people literally like two adults actually walked in with the kid. It was all just drop offs. It was just drop because it was like this is a thing at a place and it said it lasted from one to three. So we'll see it three, you know, and like that was (laughs) that was it. They were gone. And, uh, you know, and it it was just so
1: different. I remember from a few years ago where like all the parents stayed the whole time. Oh, absolutely. We used to, we used to frequently go on weekends. We'd go to this, um, bouncy, bouncy place down at this mall, uh, just south of here. Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah. And you, you just, you know, you'd hang out with the other parents and it was always kind of awkward. But, um, I mean, we have to, when we do school events, we frequently have to put in big letters on the flyer, like Friday night, movie night, you know, at school, we're going to watch Despicable Me or whatever. And it's like, this is not a drop off (laughs) event. You have to stay with your child. And let's, let's just, let's just go ahead and say it. You have to also monitor your child. It's it. I mean, I, I, now I sound like that guy. I don't mean to sound like that guy, but, but different people have different ideas. With kids about like how much monitoring it, that needs to be done, and there sometimes seems to be an inverse relationship between how much the parents choose to monitor the child versus how much they need to be monitored, like the kids that don't really need to be monitored or are totally helicoptered, and the kids that are running around with numchucks are just like you know completely going crazy.: <laughs> Yeah.: <laughs> Did you want to tell me about uh, something That's <laughs> so true though. Ah! Did you see a five-year-old kid with the nunchucks doing the Bruce Lee routine? I did. It's the best. Oh my god! I just love it. That's some sound parenting, man. I just love that kind of thing. It. it, it,
0: it, it my fear is that he was kind of pushed
1: to get it right. I, I, I don't. Know. I don't think he bought. I don't think he bought the game of death jumpsuit on his own. Well, there's there's kind of two. He in probably pay- doesn't have a credit card.
0: I feel like parents are very excited to kind of jump into something that their kid is in and then maybe in their attempt to support the
1: kid, that they go a little too far.
0: Or in my case, I
1: really have unintentionally pushed things. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I kind of, in retrospect, I realized I really wanted her to like Marvel Comics. And she did, but I think a lot of it came from me like going, hey, let's go read Marvel Comics. Yeah. I mean, they... I, sometimes sometimes my son will do this, dad,
0: dad, 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 yes, dad, yes, dad, yes. What's your? Which is your favorite sword in Minecraft? Do you like the diamond sword or do you like the gold sword better? Well, I like the diamond one. Me too, that's my favorite one. And, I, and I'm like, well, how come you always talk about how much you like the gold sword and you want to enchant the gold sword? Well, I used to like the gold sword, but now I like the, you know, they're just kind of looking for what your favorite was and they want to... They want to be like you. Your yeah. kids want to be like you. So I always, I'm like, well, you know, you can like whatever you want. You don't have to like the thing that I like. Well, no, but I, now that I think about it, I realize I do <laughs> I'm like, okay. So like in a way, it, like the Marvel comics thing is a good example of it. I, I really think that they want to like the thing that you like and ke- making it so that they feel like they have free will is a big challenge. Mm -hmm. because i want you know like if my if my kid all of a sudden was like i really want to learn this bruce lee routine i'd be like all right we're going to get nunchucks today like you're we'll get you the jumps (laughs) you know what i mean like
1: yeah
0: and unintentionally we're kind of pushing them in that direction you're kind of wanting to almost make them like that thing or 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 because you think it's cool you're giving them an equal validation when they like something that you also like as opposed to the thing that that they have found on their own we're like, yeah, it's pretty good. Keep it up. We're like, oh, wait, you like Bruce Lee? <laughs> oh, we're spending the whole weekend watching Bruce Lee films now, and here's a special popcorn that I'm going to get, and I'll wear my Bruce Lee t-shirt. And did you know that I have a poster, Bruce Lee, that we could put up in your room, and, you know, like, <laughs> unintentionally ge- pushing yeah. them in that
1: direction? Yeah. The kid's a savant, though. He's amazing. He's really good. Tell me about something that you uh, like. I'd like to tell you about uh, a company called Wealthfront.
0: It's an automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. All of us could use a little help investing. I think I'm definitely in that camp. And I really wish that there had been a company like Wealthfront around uh, years and years ago because I sure could have used it. Uh, What they do is you go and you fill out a basic profile and that tells them like what, what kind of state of mind you're in about how you want to invest. Do you want to aggress- aggressively invest or conservatively invest? And they determine this from the profile and they plug that in. And this is, the, the, of course, there are human beings involved, but they have really good software that helps out with this. And the software was developed by, they had like seven PhD researchers from like Harvard and Princeton and Yale, like working on all this stuff. They manage over $2 billion in client assets and they're really smart about saving you money rebalancing your portfolio and uh and like every trade you make is commission free they charge only 0.25 percent per year that's less than a quarter the cost of traditional investment advisor and uh, they have a special url if you go there the first ten thousand dollars that they manage for you will be managed totally for free so it's at wealthfront.com slash five by five wealthfront.com slash five by five go check this out it's a really, really great way to invest. It's like completely stress-free, and that's the, the thing that I like. So Wealthfront.com slash 5x5, and uh, now I, I will play for you the legal disclaimer that we're required to play. So uh, here it goes. Wealthfront, Inc. is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involve risks, and there is a possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Done.
1: Mm, boom. That's me. That's you. That's you, but faster.
0: Yeah, not That's much you three, faster. Three coffees.
1: <laughs> That's right. That all I
0: did. Just shot a couple shots of espresso and mm-hmm, recorded Boom, that and speaking at a normal pace. So thanks very much <laughs> to Wellfront for making this show possible, Merlin Man. Bok, bok.
1: Bok, bok. Just sent you a picture of a tobacco cow. <laughs> did you? And yeah. the robot, or on the yes, the other? other robot. Okay. I can't send them in the primary robot. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's it's very eager. <laughs> that's such a weird episode i still remember when who that's one episode? of the
0: best episodes of all time it's
1: such a weird episode the laramie cigarettes representatives Ugh. and when they bite in the tomato and it's brown inside it's so <laughs> gross uh in slack while i'm while i'm talking to
0: you they are uh they are Doing uh, jiffies of The Big Lebowski and and other things. And Mike Beisterfeldt of oh Nito. Okay, you know, I got I got something there.
1: I get a little confused because it feels like I have to. I'm confused about how to. I'm on two things right now, and I want to get on the other thing, and I'm, I'm kind of confused about how I join that group without making another account. This is the same problem I have with my uh, Nintendo Wii U. I'm very confused about accounts, <laughs> but I'll do it. I'll do it. Try ha- Harry Potter party done. Uh, Minecraft. She uh, she ruined her potatoes. Um, bravery. The red light. Pronunciation. Chi and chakras.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Um, we could talk. About, we should talk about something that'll help people. On what this show. Yeah. Oh, there
0: is no time. Yeah. There is no
1: time. Do you need? Do you need to do a shorty today? No. You sure? Yeah. Wow, I was really thrown off, Dan. Really thrown off. Sixes and sevens. You sound. like you, sound like you were. You just. It was falling apart. I feel good now. You sound really different. I got to tell you, I feel different and I sound different. You do. You sound and feel different. You're different to the touch. Mouth feel like the blind man and the camel. <laughs> this, I thought it was an elephant. Hmm? No, it's a Cinemax movie. Oh, anyway, um,
0: the red light is through.
1: back. Uh, didn't we, Dan? Didn't we stipulate that the red light is probably for a lizard? We thought. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Just, just real quickly. It's Dan's concern. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Dan has a special concern that needs to be addressed. And sometimes he brings it on the show because he is just the best. He's always thinking about some situation. How's he going to make it better, better, better? Dan's concern. So Dan's concern from a long time back was that there was a mysterious red light in your neighbor's house and you suspected some kind of villainy. Something was up. Well, you always claim to be... "Ah, I'm just merely curious about this, but I think you suspected that maybe there were, there were growing doobies or something.
0: No, I don't care about you that. you think doobies? No. Okay. No. Uh, I just, it's puzzling. These are next door to the neighbors that are in the color guard. And by the way, they're not, they're not in, they have not been ever since the show aired. Nobody's been outside. Different cars have been there and they had a bright green light by their front door. Mm-hmm. That's been off. Different cars have been there, and they ke- seem to be keeping different hours ever since the show aired.
1: Remember you used to say, uh, you're just a guy in a room? I think your new thing needs to be, you're just a guy in the suburbs. Like, you you are finding so much intrigue in the hill country.
0: Oh, man. It, I should t- I should go tell you what I see when I'm on walks.
1: Ooh, I can't even imagine. It's weird, weird stuff. Shadows on the shades. People wearing chicken masks, just getting crazy. I, one time- Hot luck parties, I wanted, news, I won't even tell swingers.
0: Okay, red, red light. So the red light is back. So coincidentally, as these new cars show up in the, uh, in the color guard house and the color guard stops and the green light is off and the lights now on the, the red lights are back in the neighbor's house on the next to them, a straight across. And it we were the theory was that it was a lizard. Some other people said, no, these are they're Thai, clearly Thai Buddhists with a shrine. But that's not the case at all. I I can tell you that these are are uh, white people with traditional religious backgrounds. I, I won't go into how I know that, but let's just say that it's not a Buddhist thing. I'm one hundred percent sure. Mm. Um, but the red light is back in that room. There's no way a human being could be in this room with the intensity of the light. You couldn't. Be, it's not a dark room. They're not doing dark room stuff. It's a very bright, bright red light. And I, I'm down to thinking it could be a lizard, but that, what, what happened to it for the last few months? Where did the light go for the last few months if it was a lizard? Did the mm. lizard
1: die and they had to get a new lizard? Mm, maybe, they, maybe it's an adoptive lizard. Maybe they brought it in from a foster lizard home.
0: My kid wants a fish tank. Oh, we got to talk about pets, buddy. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Oh, my God. Put that on your tank. I, I keep thinking I got it figured out. Your love tank love tank baby love tank (laughs) put it put it in there (laughs) i got two turtles and they carry disease (laughs) salmonella i thought see i thought turtles were the answer no no
0: turtles are bad you do (laughs) not want a turtle
1: (laughs) i spoke too soon i do not what
0: you need is an axolotl okay is that like a tracheotomy no it's much less painful it's, it's not an Aztec god at all. It, it is not an Aztec god. It is a... It is... Do you know what this is? Are you uh, just pulling my
1: chain? I don't even know what your chain is. Uh, no, it's oxycodil. axolotl. 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 This is... It's okay. not a capybara. Are you familiar with the life cycle
0: of the salamander?
1: Mm, not as much as I'd like to be. Okay,
0: it starts out with an egg. Then... Mom, it, mommy and
1: daddy love each other very much. Then it
0: becomes, I guess, something more or less like a tadpole... And then it eventually grows arms and legs. And the last stage before it becomes the kind of salamander that you're imagining when you think of a salamander is it has these big gills that are off the left and right sides of its head. And it looks like a salamander sort of with a fin that goes the length of its body and the big gills. And then it just uh, kind of those go away and it comes out onto land and spends a lot of time on the land. It doesn't have the big gills. It can still breathe underwater, I think. Well, an axolotl, it never, even though it becomes r- able to reproduce, it, it stays in what is called the larval stage of the salamander, where it still has the gills and the fin and swims under the water and stays under the water all the time. But they God. stop at that point. That is the full-grown adult looks like the larval stage of the salamander. How do they do that? Is it? It's just what a, they do. Adaptation, evolution, are they keeping a small box? How do they do it? No, it's normal for it to be that way. Now spread that way. Spread that way. For, yeah, I think in nature, these existed in nature. They know they're Mexican, but mm. they no longer exist in nature anymore, mm. really at all. They're completely beyond what's beyond what's that level beyond endangered? Not extinct, but right on the edge of that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the little, little circles on Wikipedia. Right. Uh, it's anyways. It's, yeah, I, I'll look it up. What's it called? What do you call this thing? An oxycodile? Axolotl. 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 Oh, axolotl. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, oh, my God. Yes. You can get them natural. It's
1: like a goldfish combined with a lizard. You can get them
0: albino, golden albino. There's all different kinds of, of versions of these things you can get. It looks totally prehistoric. Oh, they grow limbs. They grow it's limbs critically, back.
1: critically endangered.
0: Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, these exist. They do a lot of research on them because they can completely grow back limbs easily. Oh, these are so
1: freaky. They're cool. They look like they're happy, though. They're so happy about whatever is going on. I think that's just the way their mouth is shaped. I don't think that's a smile. They look like they've got uh, little uh, aquatic plants growing off their sides. I guess that's the gills. Mm-hmm. They've got big, derpy eyes and a smile, mm-hmm. and they look kind of across between like a potato and a thumb, uh-huh. and maybe ziggy uh, combined with a catfish. Uh-huh gill rakers. They got gill rakers. Right. And these things are... Fe- feeding is by suction. Well, I guess. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just reading Wikipedia.
0: But they hang out in the tank. They like a cool tank. And uh, that's what you want. That's what you want. Now... This he, looks like a super villain kind of pet. No, they're cool. You can't oh. really handle
1: them. Is she wanting to handle them? Uh, I think she'd like to handle them. Well, you See, can't yeah, really my handle them. first thing came to mind for me was line. Cuff and Link. You go back to Rocky, you think of Cuff and Link. You got the cute little turtles <laughs> in a, in that little bowl. <laughs> And then the first thing I read was, no, no, really, you do not want to have turtles in your house. Mm-mm. Because why? Salmonella. Salmonella. But not, they're okay. Yeah, they're, not okay. Yeah, they're
0: carriers. It's bad news. Oh,
1: man. Because
0: we all know how much our kids love to wash their hands. Uh, I cannot get them to wash hands. Nope. Mexican walking fish, they call it. Now, huh. here's the interesting thing, is that yeah. in some conditions, the axolotl can be forced... To transform and continue into a salamander stage. Jesus. Some people say this is by adding certain either hormones or iodine to the water that forces it to in an unnatural way evolve, but it shortens the lifespan. It's apparently very cruel to the animal. So don't do it.
1: Mm hmm. -hmm. Yeah, I think if you get a pet, you got to pick it. You tra- transforming your pet too often seems a little bit Dr. Moreau. Take her to see an axolotl, I'm serious. Shave it, you give it a tattoo, you give it a funny <laughs> haircut. You don't want to do that. That's no. not that's not that's not fair to the pet.
0: No. Oh my goodness. But these things so when they're young, they eat they kind of eat each other. So you have to be careful. They kind of eat each other? Yeah, they could nip off our limbs and stuff.
1: Oh, it's it's not it's not a dining thing. It's a, it's a self-protection thing. No, they they dine. They dine okay. on each
0: other. For axolotl. sure. Axolotl.
1: But then if
0: once they get to a, a little bit of an older stage, they will live, they can live in harmony. But really, if you're getting an axolotl, you're probably just going to have the one.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, how
0: many? Can, can you get like 10? Mm, I've seen, if you go to the, if you go to the aquarium shop, there'll be a handful of them in the same tank. And you'll notice that some of them are missing limbs. And, and when I was talking to the guys, like, yeah, they eat each other, <laughs> mm. but they grow out of that. Apparently it's an ocup-
1: occupational axolotl has. Yeah. But I think you should get her some axolotls. Well, I see. I I keep thinking, you know, I'm trying to explain. Like, getting a pet is like it's like adopting a kid in a lot of ways. Yeah. You get, there's a lot of uh, expense and responsibility and liability. You know, you get the hip dysplasia. I don't know if axolotls get that. Make have their hip, hip eaten off. But it's a lot of work. And I know, I know how it goes when we buy a stuffed animal, you play with it for a minute, and then it goes into the pile. Like I, that, you can't have that with an animal that lives for a dozen years I think I might have scared her off with uh, an Get explanation of how kitty litter kid, kitty litter works don't you want something you kind of hold though and play with
0: if you trust your kid that much I guess I don't
1: distrust her isn't but, that what um, a stuffed animal is for yeah and you can kind of move it around yourself All right puppet no, your no, no, no poop in a box
0: anyway <laughs> we, uh, my kid wants really wants a fish tank now that's
1: a lot of work it can be, it can uh, be, and if you, if you don't know what you're work. doing. I've had lots of tanks. You need, like, people for that. Like, Omni Group, I don't know if they have this anymore. They used to have, like, an amazing, like, se- like think, I think several fish tanks, really big. But I think they had, like, a part-time employee who, like, they had, like, a service. You know how you can get, like, plant people? I think you can get fish tank people, too.
0: I, I like a, I like a good, you set up a good tank, a yeah. good freshwater tank.
1: Yeah. You got to do partial water changes, which is a pain. You might have to vacuum the gravel. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so you have a second bowl that you put them in for the transit. Or like, it's like a little, like little fish hotel while they're getting their house cleaned.
0: No, you actually would never want to remove all of the water. You only want to do partial water changes at most, and you don't want to remove the fish. It's like Napoleon in
1: sourdough bread. There's a little bit of Napoleon in every sourdough. Is that true? i to look it up. I got. Now I have to. Mm-hmm. There's molecules of Napoleon in every sourdough. How, what are you talking about? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Okay. Is that real? Got a lot to cover here. Uh, cheese and chakras. Because I was standing there in the shower and just thinking about energy problems. Pronunciation, I'm going to call that one done. I still think it's weird that uh, that I, I can't pronounce that. Team. Team. Yeah. For Team. It's, a, it's chat for teams. Teens. See, now you 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 should be the one who says it. That's good. Can you do that for Roderick on the line too? I'll do a little drop. I'll drop by, they call it. Drive by. Um, Drive by at spot. Talk, we could talk. I thought about bravery a little bit. The movie? Mm. You're talking about the. uh oh, the Brave Bears? I you said Brave Heart. Oh, are you not entertained? <laughs> that's, a, that's a different. I'm thinking of. What's that movie? 800? Gladiator. What's the Frank, Frank, uh, Frank, 300, Miller? 800? Is that Barney Miller? Which one is he in? Zack Snyder is the one who did Brave.
0: <laughs> Brave Heart. <laughs>
1: both, both Scottish. I don't uh... think Zack Snyder did Brave Heart. No, he thinking did thinking the. thinking of Dan- Danny Glover. He's getting oh, tooled for this. Stuff. Danny Glover. That's not Donald Glover. Donald Glover is the guy in Stomp. <clears throat> and then you've got um, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. She is, uh, She's the one with the uh, Suge Avery. Who's that? That's the one who sings in that movie. Oh, you think of Avery Schreiber but mm. from Burns and Schreiber? <laughs> I think you're thinking of the the, the comedy uh, double act. Yes. <clears throat> Can remember I tell you about so used on the Flip like. Wilson show? Are you too young for the Flip Wilson show? Do you remember that?
0: I remember it by name. I don't think I've ever seen it. That was a good show. There's a big gap in age between us. Mm-hmm. I think, isn't, isn't John Roderick right in between? Like a you sandwich?
1: You know, that gap is getting smaller every year. I'll always be this much <laughs> older than you, but it will increasingly matter less. Right. Every day. Yeah. Oh, those disabilities are going to pile up as, as we become Ooh. less and less relevant. Too bad you can't cash cocky, buddy. Ooh, you're going you're gonna to be feeling it. Every time you do the stretches, you think about me. Oh, oh, man. I do the stretches. I do them. You got to do the stretches. Okay, well, maybe we should talk about Bravey, but first, dingling, is 57 minutes. You want to tell me about something you like? I
0: would like to tell you about MailRoute. MailRoute is an amazing product that I am using, and I really, really like. I had one of my first domain names that I got, danbenjamin.com. I used the dan at danbenjamin.com email address, Everywhere. I used it all the time. And this is back before the days of like any kind of unsubscribed links in an email and that kind of stuff. So somehow I wound up with that email address on every single email list in the world. And they traded me out to every spam address in the world. And eventually it got so bad that I just gave up using that email address. Like I migrated everything away from it. And periodically I'd say, Oh yeah, I really want to use my, my own email. I really want to use that again. So I'd hook it up and I'd start checking the email for it. And like daily, I was getting hundreds, literally hundreds of unique emails every single day. And it was unusable. And I would try, I tried like using Google's, uh, spam stuff. I would put it through Google apps, no use. It was still pointless. I tried using the, the ones that like integrate with your mail app and they kind of worked, but that didn't help when I was checking it on my phone. So I just said, you know what, screw I can't, this email address is gone. It's gone. all the
1: solutions were, I mean, can I just say, it sounds like all the solutions are kind of client based. Yes. And back in the day, your only choice for those things was like in the client. Totally. It was very rare to have like a, like a fast mail type account where you had that kind of control. It was mostly at the client level where spam was handled per app, right? Yeah, totally.
0: And now enter MailRoute. So the URL to go to is mailroutenet slash B2W. But what they do is it, for for those who are a little bit technical, you're basically adding them as the first MX record. But for those who are not as technical, all of the email for your for your domain or for your email address goes through MailRoute, and they clean it and then they deliver it seamlessly to your regular uh, mail server to your to your inbox so you don't what i'm trying to explain is that you don't do anything really and you don't know that anything's happening just all the spam stops all the spam goes away and it's really really amazing now You can aggressively you could change how aggressive they they parse this out. And based on that, that's going to determine whether things just pretty much go straight through or whether they quarantine some stuff. But what's nice is and I don't know how this works, but they seem to be able to figure out that things that. Are re- really kind of look spammy, but maybe aren't. They will po- still send it through, and they'll it, they'll have a, an alert saying that something is. It, they think it's spam. It's really really smart. But I have not missed any email, and I no longer get any spam in this mail. In fact, this email address gets less spam than the ones that I've been using that I've had under protection. And all this other stuff. Anyway, mail route. Is amazing. MailRoute.net slash B2W. Go check it out. Really, really glad they're sponsoring the show. Great people and a good company. So MailRoute.net slash B2W. Go there and check it out. And by the way, why are you going there? Free trial, ten percent off for the lifetime of your account. So that's, that's a, a long good time, one. Dan. A lifetime time. is a long time. Go and check it out. Thanks very much to MailRoute for supporting the show.
1: Do they offer mailbagging? That's this is a
0: kid friendly show. What are you talking about?
1: thank you very much to mail route for supporting five by five and back to work.
0: <clears throat> I still look, I just have this picture of the cow.
1: The <laughs> <Coming up. laughs>
0: it's so good. I have to go watch that episode after this. You know,
1: I, I have to say, I, I got to tell you, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of those people that is a, a Simpsons super fan. And I was old enough to be a grown ass man when I started watching The Simpsons. Simpsons started my, I think, last year of college. And so, I mean, I was really with The Simpsons, taping every episode um, for probably the first six years, maybe. I mean, what would that be? Yeah, no, really, really, at least the six, six or seven years. And then it started to feel like kind of like, hmm. But even up through like 1999, I still, I still really liked it kind of. But I remember thinking episodes, which I think is kind of around when this episode was. This would be like the, the middle period when it wasn't consistently, it started to get weird rather than just funny. Like, in, you know what I mean? The Tamako episode. Yeah. But I remember there's one episode that I really kind of actively didn't like at the time. And now, Maybe it's because I've got a, maybe, I don't want to say because I have a kid, but because my kid likes it. There's this sh- episode of that show that I now think is easily one of the funniest episodes of the show. And I hated it when it came out. Do you re- remember Homer's enemy? Frank Grimes? The man who's had to work hard for everything he has. Oh, oh, yeah, he has like the dark, the dark hair, right? It's, yeah, it starts out, um, which if true means certain death for us all. Uh, it starts out with Kent Brockman doing a report on on <laughs> Frank Grimes graduating from college, and it has his story about how he's abandoned by his parents and had to get a job delivering gifts to rich children. <laughs> like, and he gets hired. I'm, why am I telling you a Simpsons plot? Homer starts chewing on his personalized pencils, <laughs> keeps calling him grimy, eating his special dietetic lunch. Look at me, I'm Homer Simpson. I have to go home and eat my lobster. Go back to my palace and eat my lobster. I'm Homer Simpson. I don't have to be safe. Anyway, Simpsons are funny. I like you know, I like that show. I haven't watched it
0: in so long and I It's I'd-
1: still got it sometimes. Weirdly enough, it's had like a I feel like it's a little comeback. Like so weeks, you know, watch it periodically now new episodes, and it's it doesn't suck like I remember.
0: Well, I I remember when it first started, uh, it was like part of the Tracy Ullman show, it was like a little skit and then they had a special and then it became its own show and I it's one of those weird things like I am having a really hard time rewatching the Sopranos because like huh. everyone looks really different and they sound different and you like, mean like from the, from the beginning from the first episode yeah. down to like the last season of how I remember them and how I remember everything and it's so much that it's like jarring. It's almost like they had a different uh, almost like they had different actors portraying them in a weird way, like you know how if 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 they were just to swap out an actor on a show and like that character, instead of just taking that character off the show, like they have a different actor portraying them, it right. feels wrong. So yeah, Dick, that Dick
1: York, Dick Sargent type situation.
0: Yeah. So it's hard for me to go back and watch the early episodes of the Simpsons, even the classic ones.
1: Oh, some of them still hold up very, very but well. But they
0: do the plot lines and things. And of course there's the favorites, like the one with, with, uh, with Leonard Nimoy on it, the, the with the the, oh, the, the monorail, the
1: monorail, the monorail is, very close to my favorite episode. It's great.
0: It's so great, and the the humor in that is so funny. Is there a chance the truck could bend?
1: Not on your life, my Hindu friend. <laughs> they, it's also got. It's also got. It's got the doesn't. Is that the one with the doctor who stops to get the haircut? In the the uh, I think with that's, Tom that's, that's the, the Tom one. Baker. I call, it, I call the big one bitey. <laughs> <laughs> that's are a good so one.
0: Good. How about the one where they have um where they have the the Mr Plow and Plow King. That's a classic episode.
1: Senor Plow no es macho, es solamente un (laughs) barracho. We've been looking for a project to work on together. Uh, You know, another (laughs) great one. There's so many great ones. Uh. Dental plan. Listen his braces. Anyway, we're talking about The Simpsons on our podcast. Uh, this is not helping people. We're going to talk about bravery in a minute. Yeah. Um, oh, we need to. What was the other one that we've been, uh, oh God, something my, my daughter, you know how a kid will get like a thing in their head and they'll just keep bringing it up. She'll just walk around the house going, ketchup, 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 ketchup. Oh, so ketchup, good. Ketchup, ketchup. You can watch a YouTube video of him doing that for, for like, 10 minutes. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway the simpsons was a very very good program see Can you imagine it's funny because all those
0: years well i was just gonna say shows from back then so few of them
1: kind of hold up and are relevant, and yet the simpsons seems to in a lot of ways well they did that you know you pick you pick one timeline or the other well, i'm not gonna talk about time travel but in terms of the aging thing you've got the approach you have got either i'm gonna call it the simpsons approach versus the for better or worse approach um, so in The Simpsons, they're always the same age a- as time goes by. It's not always 1989. It's always whatever year this is, but they're all still the same age in the same grade, right? And you know what I mean? Like, and Grandpa's still an old man or whatever. Right. Um, things change. Maud Flanders dies, spoiler alert. But, you know, you still, you're always, whereas, like, it was very moving in some ways. Do you remember that comic, The Daily Comic, for better or worse? And the characters aged in it? I guess Doonesbury does that kind of. But you know, I, I think there's something. Doomsbury and Barry did like, it,
0: but I'm I'm trying to remember the. Uh, oh yeah, I'm looking at this
1: comic. That's right. It's a pretty good comic. Yeah, it was kind of grown up. Um, and then um, but then you get into stuff like the Marvel sliding timeline is super confusing. Like basically everything in the Marvel universe just happened a few years ago. So you know, it's weird. I mean, the true origin story of the Fantastic Four is that you know the gamma rays or whatever got them, but you know, which which was a compelling story in 1961, but in 2015, it's like, well, yeah, that happened a few years ago. That's kind of weird. Anyway, would oh, you, God, what sorry. would you
0: do if you were if you were in the, that situation? Would you have your characters age or
1: not age? It depends. I think for writing a comedy, it makes a lot of sense to keep them the same age and maybe just adjust it a little bit, but there's no way even like five years in, I mean, within a year of The Simpsons being on, do you remember how many knockoff Bart Simpson shirts that were everywhere mm. don't have a cow man ah, it was so such that. a phenomenon it was everywhere simpson's stuff was everywhere but even after 5 years of that there's no way i don't think they could have sanely guessed that show would last for 25 years oh no way so i mean how do you even begin to plan something like that it was just
0: i it's hard to explain like we have memes now that come out memes that come out now that's like everybody's talking about something for a day or two, yeah. and then it's gone, and then the next one comes out next week, and then everyone's talking about it for a day or two, and then it's gone and back then, it seems like things were sort of slower to catch on, but they hung around. Don't worry, be happy, like they hung around forever, and all like ever. where's the beef you you know? where's now, the I mean, beef I've fallen, yeah. and I can't get up, and all of these different you know, like they were just there forever time to make the donuts you know and you could oh i must be in the front row like
1: all ancient <laughs> chinese secret huh <laughs> that's a spicy meatball i'm the sole survivor oh. <laughs> you sank my battleship operate <laughs> when the mother operation the mother comes down the stairs and the kid goes it's my turn to operate <laughs> she goes operate <laughs> operation <laughs>
0: Dumb game. Uh, and that stupid uh connect four, whatever it was. Where I can't see. Here, diagonally. Uh that's how I learned the word diagonally. <laughs> oh my god. But like those things would be around and people understood them and there was there, and everybody knew the reference. Yes, everyone knew the reference, young and old alike. And that's there was this one one thing I was thinking about, I forget now what I wanted to bring it up to you, but I, I there was this particular show that I was watching where it seems like today, the young younger people had a closer connection to the people from the generation before them than there is
1: today. I, don't, I think that's probably true. I think that's probably very true. I, I don't know what it is that, sets, I that got two. sets that apart. I got two. One is the likelihood uh, I'm going to be a little bit Malcolm Gladwell turns out for a minute. <clears throat> One is that people used to have more just by and large, generally, you used to have more kids in a family. So whereas today you might have one or two kids. It wasn't unusual. My, my wife is the youngest of seven. Like this was a thing that happened. You would have four or five kids and you might have kids of different ages. So you would be around the culture of somebody who is five to maybe even 10 years older than you. But then you'd also be around their friends, right? And then you got something like the phenomenon of reruns, the combination of reruns with the limited availability of other things to watch. So I just mentioned Dick Sargent and Dick York. Why would I know that? Because I've seen every bewitched like a thousand times. Like and today, are, I mean like, is there, is there anybody who's watched a show put out in the last five years as many times as I've watched Seinfeld? Mm. I'm going to guess probably not because they got lots of options. They would go and watch it once or maybe twice. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think, I think that the, uh, the velocity. Right. I think
0: the reruns thing is huge. That's such an. it's interest- all, all there was. That's what there was. And like your parents might watch it, but like you turned on the TV. I remember being a kid and watching shows. I love Lucy, Mister
1: Ed. You know what I mean? And oh, mean, like Gil- Gilligan's Island, Gilligan's Dennis the Island, Menace. Dennis the all the these Menace. The kind of terrible shows from the sixties. Little Rascals, dun, 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 and Our Gang. Mm. Uh huh. And
0: also mm-hmm. like the Three Stooges, right? Oh yeah. And then at night, you know, Twilight Zone. Right, right, You know, like these shows were way from a different
1: generation, but that's what we grew up watching because that's what they filled the airwaves with. Well, and you had, like, if you're home in the afternoon after school and you had three to five channels to choose from, that's what your options were. You could watch game shows, soap operas, or a little bit later than, in my case, you would watch, like, uh, reruns of, you know, 10 or 15-year-old comedies. Right. and That's that's, that's another weird thing for me to think about is that I think the Flintstones came out in about 19... maybe 64, mm-hmm. 63, 64. Mm-hmm. So I was watching them in reruns starting in the early 70s. It's so bananas for me because the Flintstones seemed a million years old already oh, he, oh, when yeah. I was a little kid. That was like seven to 10 years. And now The Simpsons has already been around for 25
0: right. years. Right, no, and you know, like I had no idea until I was much older that... It's The Honeymooners. It was The honeymoon, and I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, or like Bugs Bunny doing the Groucho Marx stuff. Mm-hmm. I, like mind blown when i realized that yeah and 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 that all these strange characters that would make these bizarre appearances in the bugs bunny cartoons which they've done a lot in the simpsons too but like they were caricature parodies of oh right actors. like a humphrey, humphrey bogart right or something, like a,
1: a warner brothers movie star right yeah.
0: like i never put that together until i was much older that they were that was a thing and it's it's so oh, and weird. Anne Ann
1: Margaret was on the Simpsons, or was on the Flintstones. Yes, and Margaret. Yeah, uh, and they would they
0: would have these the weird like music performances, and I was like, why is the show becoming this for a while? Like it just didn't make sense. Well, it I liked when it. the
1: mosquitoes were on the uh, on yeah. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> it's so strange. And the honeybees. The honeybees try to show them up. Why do I remember this? <laughs> the honeybees. You need us. You need us remember that no i don't remember ginger marianne and mrs howell uh created a music group to to rival the mosquitoes bingo bango bongo and irving remember when the for the mosquitoes the the parody of the Beatles and the birds came to the island
0: okay yeah i do remember that bingo
1: bango bongo and irving remember that
0: i can't i can't access (laughs) the memory
1: that's such a 55 year old man's idea of a parody to make fun of the Beatles by having a band called the mosquitoes where the members are named bingo bango bongo and irving (laughs) And they have they have like funny glasses, the one guy doesn't talk at all. They wear bowler hats. It's totally ridiculous. Dan, I think the show's over. We gotta just stop. This is it. This has gotta be the last episode. Of our show? Nah, This'll we should be- talk about we can talk about bravery. I think it's a good topic.
0: All right. Well, why don't you tell me about something you like? All right. Last thing. Citrix go to meeting. What I like about this company is that they're really focused on a real problem that a lot of people, I think, have. We deal with this all the time, even like a really small company, and that is you try to coordinate getting a bunch of people together to talk about something. And while I think Slack addresses this kind of constant communication issue, GoToMeeting is really cool in that it addresses the other issue, which is getting people together to actually have a meeting uh, you've got to get what people in different cities, you get coordinate it. how do you do it? How do you share uh, a screen? How do you share a presentation? If you want to do one, how do you just get people so they're kind of face to face? Do you do these group chat things that none, none of it really addresses the, I would like to have a meeting with these people and show them something, go to meeting Citrix, go to meeting does that. And you have your webcam, HD quality, You get really high quality voices, not just people shouting at each other in one big room. No one understands what's going on. Really, really great. And they've got it down. You don't even have to like install anything. You just go to the website. So this is what you do. You go to GoToMeeting, free for 30 days, gotomeeting.com. Up in the corner, there'll be this little try it free button. Click that and you can have your first meeting like in minutes. This is the cool thing about it. No one installs anything. You don't have to go through this long sign up process. Just go to meeting.com, free 30 day trial. It's really, really great stuff. Go check it out. Go to meeting.com. Thanks to them for making the show possible. Boom. So I texted you last night. As oh, as yeah, I you often. Did. And do. you
1: know, I'm sorry if I was being uh, I didn't mean to seem like I was being abrupt or inattentive. I was just I was uh what were we watching? I was oh, concerned because we were, we're it was we like were watching the flash. It, see, for me,
0: as I'm sitting there thinking like it's oh, it's like ten thirty at night. I'm kind of winding things down, and then I have this streak of uh, ideas running through for the show. And then I, I after I sent it, I'm like, "Oh, he—that's probably his like prime time kids in bed," and I just want to not do anything. Time, so I apologize for.
1: Oh no, the it's, it's, it's it's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. But um, yeah, tell me, tell me what you're thinking about. Well,
0: uh, so I as I was as I was thinking about some things that that are that are sort of challenging, the concept of bravery popped in. As something that what what is the place for bravery in today's world? You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have a Mm -hmm. lot of opportunities to be brave in the traditional sense of like bravery of diving in front of a bullet for someone or you know what I'm saying? Like like actually Mm -hmm. facing some. And then I started to think that a lot of people are driven by what they view as their own limitations whether it's an ocd thing of i can't not check the door or whether it's you know something that that's a little bit bigger in their work life space and it occurred to me that at least for me and i imagine it maybe it's true for a lot of other people too is that we are usually held back by the things that we uh, that, that that we face on a day-to-day basis but not because they're things that we can't do or because they're difficult things to do but instead because they are uh, we have our own kind of limitations their own things in our minds that that hold us back what we believe that there's something that we can't do so we can't do it like there's this um in my ongoing attempt to like get uh, my back into like better shape so it doesn't have these issues Mm -hmm. like like there's this woman who's a trainer and I, i forget how old she was when she did it but like she was in her i think at least her 40s and uh she's an rn and she decided that like she wanted to try some uh triathlon type thing never had done any of this stuff before in her whole life and she trained for it and like placed third in the country like You know, when I think about that kind of thing, it's not only inspirational for me, but it occurs to me that like there's a lot of things at least that I think of like, well, I couldn't do that or I can't do that. I'm like, wait a minute. Why couldn't I do that? Like, what is there really when it's a personal development kind of thing that you couldn't do? There's really nothing. And I did this interview with Tim Ferriss uh, for the pipeline last week. And, you know, all these things that he sort of puts himself through for his show and other things or like I I could probably do this most of them are these super physical challenges or skills that he has to learn and he'll give himself a week to become like a drummer and then he'll be like on stage drumming at a concert I'm not talking about that level of stuff I'm talking about just like what is it in your day that you tell yourself you can't do and it occurs to me that I have a long list of things I tell myself that I can't do and why because I'm I'm setting myself up to fail or I'm, I'm creating these false limitations around uh, around what I'm capable of. And that doesn't seem like a reasonable thing to do. And I don't really know why I do that. Or, so or
1: what good part, part, of it's, part of it's about courage. Um, part of it's about, I mean, if I could parse it a little bit. Yeah. Here's my only real observation here is that I think the issues of courage and, and bravery and things like that are both more complicated. <laughs> guess what? Ring the bell. Are both more complicated and more faceted then we give it credit for because it feels like, you know, there is the, let's take the classic definition of courage, which is um, doing something courageous. The more nuanced definition of, of being courageous or having courage is to be somebody who is fully aware that there is risk and um, potential harm to doing something, even if it's just harm to our self-esteem and choosing to do that anyway, it takes courage to sing karaoke. If you're not a good singer or if you think you're not a good singer, right? That still takes courage. Um, and then of What's course, the difference there's... between being brave and having courage. I'm not, I off the top of my head, I can't come up with anything. I mean, I guess, I guess off the top of my head, I would say that um, it's brave to sing karaoke while you're drunk or just however, it's brave to sing karaoke, it's courageous to decide that you're going to become a singer. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe. Okay. An act of bravery, I think, is something that you do maybe even in the moment and you put your fears aside um, and keep a, a stiff upper lip in order to accomplish something. Courage, uh, I think courage is something deeper where we're talking about, and again, I don't know if it's a huge distinction. I, I don't know. But I, I do think of courageousness and I really want, I want to be very careful about how I word this because, because I've become less and less of a fan of the feel the pain and feel the fear and do it anyway, because I think that's not very nuanced and not super duper smart. I used to think, used to kind of think that was a fun, cool thing to say. I'm not so sure I believe that anymore. I think what you have to do, I mean, bravery could be uh, Matt Murdock running out into the intersection so this guy doesn't get hit by a truck. That's a very brave thing to do. Well, the thing is, after he did that, he was blind so he did do a very brave thing. It took a lot of courage. But I think especially as you get older, part of courage breaks down into things like uh, analyzing risk and benefit. It comes down to being, but then also then introducing something about responsibility and diligence and these kind of really boring concepts that aren't about saving a damsel from a tower. It's about something deeper and more based in your character than it is in just taking a leap. Because think about this, when you're a teenager and you know that, that really mushy middle part of your brain isn't done developing and you're making terrible decisions, it might seem very courageous to run through stop signs because you're racing somebody. That feels really courageous. Right, but is that right. smart? No. It's not really smart and it's not really courageous. It's mostly reckless. But at the time, it felt courageous because you got that adrenaline rush of beating something you were scared about. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to be overly nuanced, but I think, I think it's kind of bad advice to constantly tell people to to feel the fear and do it anyway. Because there are times when you have to do that. We all have to do stuff we don't want to do and that we're scared about doing and we're maybe even obsessively scared about doing. But that does not mitigate the need to have some kind uh, of analysis about deciding whether that's the right you know, dragon to try and um, spear.
0: Well, and I think that there is this kind of blind, you know, you, you, you mentioned this phrase, feel the fear, but do it anyway. And I think that there's something there that's so true and inspiring, and also something that's that's so flawed and 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 incorrect and it's like there's lots of things like imagine, for example, the reward that you would feel after saying, you know what? Yes, I will speak at this conference in front of my peers and working on the presentation and getting up and doing it and having it go really well and coming down and saying, "Wow, you know, I was stressed out and I was nervous about doing this, but man, this really paid off for me. It developed me as a person. I'm so glad
1: I did this. So glad I I did, did this. And I
0: didn't die. Right. And that's a kind of fear, right? Like facing that kind of fear. But then I think your example of the racing thing is like a perfect example. Or, you know what? Getting into that elevator with that creepy person that I just got a wrong feeling about. There's a very big difference between those. But I feel like following that advice and like saying, I'm going to face that thing like that's a bad advice, I think, for a lot of people in a lot of situations. And I think I think where it makes sense is when it becomes about personal development and where it doesn't make sense is about. where potential harm could in the real world could happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know, like whenever I hear about somebody who's like, oh, I went skydiving or I, you know, I climbed that thing. And like, to me, I'm at the point in my life. And I've always kind of been at this point, to be honest, of where skydiving just, sounds really 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 dumb to me and Mm -hmm. racing toward a red light or toward a light that is going to be red seems really really dumb to me and these things get incredibly amplified and emphasized when i when i became a parent which is like it forget what would happen if i died like if i sprained my ankle it would be a huge deal for my whole family Mm-hmm. You know, no, you're, you're absolutely right, and and so like you can't take those risks as being. So does a that, Does that make you a
1: coward? Not really, right? Not really at all. Because Taking a different the, kind the, of this risk. Other, there's this part that before, I mean, I guess I feel like I'm remembering something that John Cleese said, and whether or not he said it in this talk, we'll try to find a link to a wonderful talk he gave, I think, in the Netherlands a few years ago, probably several years ago, about creativity, and it's arguably the single best talk about creativity I've ever seen. Um, and I think it was in this talk, it was somewhere, and I'm pretty sure it was John Cleese who said that the something along the lines of the wrong time to think about whether you should be jumping over a precipice is while you're in the middle of jumping over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, that's that's a very smart way to think about you know if you're if the thing is if you if you are already in the midst of something, like don't half asset, like trying you know do. You know what I'm saying? Like if you are already engaged in doing the fearful thing, like see it through with total confidence because what else What else are you going to do? But <laughs> there's still, there's a lot of decision making that goes into deciding whether to get even near the precipice to begin with. So that does not be, like wanting to have smart risk benefit analysis um, is not, does not make you weak or a coward. It's the same reason, so you, as you can probably guess over the years, Dan, my, my feeling on that whole go quit your job thing has become very, very nuanced and very individualized to each person because it's such a broad thing to go out and tell people to do, you know? And I think, you know, one of the things is you have to know things like what is your tolerance for risk in life? How much is it okay for you to fail at something? Like, you know what I mean? What, I mean, I'm not saying you have to overthink everything in life, but you can't really make a good leap over a precipice until you understand why you're doing that. Is it because you're being chased by a tiger on this side or is it because there's a treasure on that side? Is it just because you're bored? Like those all have very different, there's different approaches that you can take. If that treasure can wait a while, why don't you build a bridge? If you, you know, I'm not being Doctor Phil, but I, I just feel like you know it, it's so easy because these these emotions are so difficult and so durable. Um, I think it's it's really easy to look for advice that that oversimplifies these things, and it's really not. And that's why I keep coming back to this idea of something like diligence. To me, diligence is a, is a special kind of courage because it's a real slow burning kind of courage. That is a courage. Based on, I mean, anybody can be brave and run a stop sign and feel like a hero, even though you're not. What's much more difficult is saying, I'm going to set myself to this task, whatever that's going to be. If that's learning to be a singer, then do it in the sanest and smartest way you can. Develop the expertise, get the experience, work on your motivation, understand why you're doing those things. And I think, but I think that kind of glib advice, anyway, we can, I just, I guess I want to get that out of the way because I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, this kind of mommy blogger stuff about going out and feeling the fear and do it anyway and you sit on a rock and meditate and like, that's, that's, that's really, that's a partial piece of advice that could be extremely damaging. You know, I mean, everybody needs to cook dinner, but you have, you need to understand what fire can do if you don't do it right. And you still need to go to the grocery store before you do it. Like there's steps to these things if you're going to be a sensible adult, but I guess that's that's all my, I wanted for a disclaimer. As far as how far, far, far as how like find that and do that, I mean it's a constant struggle. Especially you know in our in our first world kinds of things that we face. There's a, a surpassing amount of stuff that we kind of don't have to do that we can avoid, right? We don't have to worry about being attacked so much. Most of us in the middle of the night while we sleep, right? There's not really that many like wild animal attacks, yeah. So no, I mean, not not
0: a lot of, you know, we we see these things on TV that make us very afraid, but in real life we don't probably need to be we should be diligent, but we don't need to be afraid of those things happening. I remember being a kid and I was living in Florida and we used to get really bad thunderstorms and things like that and a lot of them spawned small tornadoes by small I'm talking like F1 or lower. They still could be damaging, but you know, I became very worried having lived in Philadelphia where it rained, you know, big, big rain once every few weeks and it would be like an all day thing and it, very rarely what we would call thunderstorms, really bad thunderstorms. Whereas in Florida, this happened like daily in South Florida at this time when I was living there. It was very normal for a few times a week to be, there to be thunderstorms that would come through in the night and I would wake up and I would always be very worried that there would be a tornado. Because I was just, it seemed so mm-hmm. random and so powerful. It's a, per, it's a
1: perfect anxiety in some ways, yeah. Right? Because it, you can't even know. Or in our case, like an earthquake. Like once there's been an earthquake, I get a lot of anxiety about earthquakes. Oh, yeah. you, got, you, you won't know until seconds into it's happening that there's an earthquake happening. That's right.
0: And yeah. it became such a thing for me that like sometimes I would wake up and I would go and I would put, turn the TV on just to see if there was a tornado warning. You know, and you know what? There never was really, I think, once. Right. And it was it was not for the area that we were in, ever. But, like, I, this became something that I would be, like, I would, like, check the weather, you know, before the days of the iPhone. Like, I would check the weather report to see if there were going to be a storm just so that I would know, like, ahead of time. And I got very into, like plotting the hurricane paths which were always coming through and this is back in the day before we had computer programs to do this or a website that we could visit uh but I- instead we had like these little printouts that you'd pick up at publix where you'd like listen to the radio or watch tv and they'd give you the coordinates all right the charts i, the I remember you would put on your own chart wow and just sitting there staring at this chart like at night like wondering if it was going to hit you know like i hated that i hated that and yeah. i i you know, getting, getting past that is something that was a big thing for me of being like, you know, I don't need to worry about that. And coming to, to the real, I mean, forget the Reagan era when I was worried I would go to bed at night and worry (laughs) to be a nuclear war that night, you know, because you have the concept of nuclear war, you have the concept of tense talks between us and the, you know, but like, you don't have the perspective that says it's not going to escalate from, uh,
1: no war to all out nuclear war that night. You know what I mean? The other funny part of this though is it's, it's one thing like there are certain kinds of things where there is a likelihood that this thing could happen. I'm trying to think of examples here. There's certain things that where you can kind of prepare yourself and go, well, listen, I need to be able to drive a car around. I know car accidents are always a risk, but I'm going to get a pretty safe car I'm going to make sure everybody wears a seatbelt and I'm going to try to conduct myself as sensibly as I can on the road and be a good defensive driver, be aware of what other people are doing too. That is a very sane and reasoned approach. And, but there's only really so much you can do. And car accidents happen. The trouble is with something like a catastrophic event, and, and you know, people today are going to laugh at thinking, you know, we're going to die in a nuclear war. Everybody I knew basically just was terrified it really felt like in by 1984 85 it felt like if not a certainty like very high likelihood that in the next couple years something nuclear will happen that was going to be very very unpleasant yeah um and But and I guess what I'm trying to say is, the more outlandish, and this is maybe this goes to OCD, maybe this goes to folklore, but like the more outlandish something is, or the more catastrophic or apocalyptic it seems, in some ways, the more likely it is to be something you worry about, because you know how, uh, given how unlikely it is, you know how much of a surprise it would be, and that generates the anxiety, mm. is bracing for that blow in some ways. Especially the unpredictability of it, you know, the idea that- and you can you never can, really be prepared. You no, can never be totally prepared. Right.
0: You could be sleeping in your bed, tornado comes, it's like, there's no way to know that that's going to happen. And so like, we didn't have the internet. So I, I like remember thinking like, well, what does it sound like? Maybe I could sort of train myself. Sounds like a freight train. Sounds like a freight train. Well, what does that mean? Like an actual freight train or sort of reminiscent, right? Like, (laughs) what is that going to sound like? So I would try and listen to what a freight train, you know, like
1: it's, it's that feeling better. It's like OCD. You just, you're feeding it. You're feeding, feeding, feeding. Right. Yeah, well, something I used to say to my daughter. Uh, she probably will not remember this, but when I because it was before she could really talk. But learning how to cross the street, I forget exactly what I would say, but something I would say something along the lines of just you know, because I would say you no, know, look, it's really important. This is a busy street. You got to look left. You look right. You look left again, and then you keep looking while you're crossing the street. I still say this and make eye contact with people. Make sure they turn so that they see your face, because ne- I think neurologically someone's going to react differently if they see you looking at them versus just seeing you in profile. There's something much more personal about that. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, that all sounds crazy. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that to make you scared. I'm saying that to make you safe. And then here's the here's the throwaway line, is that if, if you are safe, there's no need to be scared, right? Mm. If you're, or put differently, maybe, if you're smart, you don't need to be scared. And just remember that being scared does not by any means make you smart. Smart is what enables you to take, take, Take the steps that you need to do the de minimis amount of risk management in life. That's still never I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it sounds like happy talk to say, hey, if you're safe, you won't get hurt. No, no, here's the problem. You're going to get hurt. Stuff's going to happen. But the thing is, accepting that that hurt is going to happen lends you a certain amount of sanity to what your risk mitigation plan is and how safe you want to be. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that's not a, personally, that, that feels like a pretty smart way to look at stuff and then can lead you to deeper things where you might say things like, I'm terrified to give a talk uh, somewhere. Well, you know, there's ways to mitigate that. If it's something you really think you might want to do, there's ways to do that to actually then be scared and do it anyway. I really do believe that. It might take preparation. Uh, it might take uh, sympathy and rehearsal and like, you know, whatever it is, but there are ways that you can do those things once you're convinced that you're not going to die. Once you've accepted that you're gonna die no matter what, the world opens up a lot. I mean, this is existentialism. <laughs> you, you accept that you're here and there's nothing you can do about it. And you accept that you're gonna die and there's nothing you can do about it. And your job is to be a class act in between to the extent possible. So uh, ask yourself those kinds of questions, you know? I really that, was, that, that suddenly got super deep, didn't no, it? No, but that's
0: good. I mean, that 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 really nails it. <laughs> we gotta leave it there.
1: <laughs> what? I'm not sure what we mean. No, I think we're helping
0: people. It's a showdown.
1: Michael. <laughs> okay, let's button this up. I All love right. you.
0: Love you too, Merlin, man.